Ngizolo Emlanjeni. The time now it's 34 minutes after 10 at uh, 10 at uh, 11 o'clock. <laughs> My brain is gone fuzzy. Shoo, it's clear that I was enjoying that song, right? I was dancing. Shy step, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, at uh, 11 o'clock, Zulekat Kotash will come in with the final news bulletin. And remember, after that, it's Closet Conversations. A conversation not suitable for uh, listeners under the age of 18. But do tune in if you are over the age of 18. Please do remember to keep my number on speed dial, which is 011714. 2006. The other number is 011-714-4045. The WhatsApp number is 0614104107 and SMSs go to 41391. We are talking now mental health. This is something that we need to prioritize, especially now that the world is facing so many, many challenges. We've also put up a poll on Twitter at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. and Uli. And we've asked you, do you think that mental health is prioritized? in South Africa, whether it's in our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities, in our religious um, circles, is it prioritized? So please go into Twitter and do vote. Yes, no, or we need more awareness. To talk to us about mental health and uh, the World Mental Health Day that's coming up in a couple of days, which is the 10th of October, we've got uh, Cassie Chambers, who is the director of the South African Depression and Mental Health Group. Cassie, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you know, when we talk World Mental Health Day, it's coming up on the 10th of October. I'd like to find out if the efforts that culminate to this day, do they translate to the individuals within South Africa? Because now we're looking at South Africa. And how are people in South Africa with mental health issues positively impacted by this particular day? Mm. And and such a good question and perfect timing that we don't just wait one day in the whole year where we start to talk about mental health. Um, you know, mental health doesn't have working hours or only come around once a year. There are so many people, and especially during COVID, um, you know, who are, are deeply impacted by mental health and their families are affected. You know, we at SADAG, we just seen the call volumes double during COVID. So there's so many more people in South Africa who are struggling, who are dealing with all sorts of problems, who are not coping. And when we look at the theme for World Mental Health Day, which is commemorated around the world, um, the theme this year is greater access, you know, greater investment in mental health. And exactly what you said, with regards to South Africa, we don't always see that translating on the ground or if you're speaking to people you know not every clinic has medication for mental health there isn't a psychologist or a psychiatrist and you know just having access to mental health treatment is difficult Um, the treatment gap actually in South Africa is only one in ten South Africans have access to mental health treatment that's a devastating number that's way too many South Africans who need help who are not getting it so for us Every day should be World Mental Health Day because there's so much that we need to do to improve our access and our treatment and just how we view mental health, especially in South Africa. Now, we we are aware that uh, mental health issues are here in South Africa, especially, are not Mm. really in the forefront. Um, Because when we think mental health, you think of someone who's really not able to cope at all. 
or mm. but we we don't think about the 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 other elements of mental health like people with bipolar like people with depression and anxiety and the likes how do we then get the awareness out into society that mental health has different facets to it and we should not be ashamed because there there is help available for us absolutely and i think you know our picture of what mental illness is normally comes from what we've seen in the movies um, or, or, or the, the kind of the worst case scenario where everyone thinks that someone with a mental health issue or a mental illness is crazy or dangerous or, or violent. And you, you can't almost imagine that one in three South Africans will or do have a mental health issue. So that could be someone in your household, it's someone at work or at school. So many more people are, are living with mental health issues, and it's not a picture of what it is in the movies. People can have depression or anxiety, and I think that that, just like what you've mentioned, is that there isn't enough awareness or education about what is mental health, and um, what different types do we get. And I think that's why it's so important to to create awareness and educate people, especially from even a young age. You know, we know that mental health doesn't discriminate, so all ages, or genders, or races, or backgrounds can be impacted by mental health. So we have to start creating these conversations in our households, in our schools, in our communities, just talking about what is depression, what is anxiety, what is bipolar disorder, especially because there's so many more South Africans who are living with a mental health issue and often under shame. They're they're too afraid to share that they've been diagnosed or or to share their diagnosis and, and tell other people um, or even to seek treatment. So there's a lot of stigma still attached to mental health in, in South Africa. So we have to do more about creating awareness, talking about it, and exactly what you said, and having some some almost role models or ambassadors who are, are people that we look up to, you know, people that are around us every day who come forward and say, hey, you know, I have depression and this is how I cope. And, you know, there's a lot of shame that's put on mental health. However, if someone comes forward with diabetes or, or cancer, there's a lot more compassion, there's a lot more understanding that people feel. However, with mental health, that isn't the same. And that's the kind of narrative that we have to challenge and, and change in order to encourage more people to get help and, and to lift that shame that's associated to mental health. We are talking uh, to Cassie Chambers, who is the director of the South African Depression and Mental Health Group. And um, we are looking at mental health being made a priority in South Africa, as we are aware that the 10th of October will be World Mental Health Day. SAFM Late Night Conversations, A-teamers, I'd like to hear from you. Do you suffer from a mental illness? And do you feel that you have enough support? Do you feel that, you know, as South Africans, our health systems are open and are available for you to get help please do let me know the number to dial is on 011-714-2006 or 011-714-4045 on whatsapp on 06-14104-107 sms safm now on 41391 Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Uh, this is Daniel from Durban. Uh, I'm just an inquiry, please. I've been recently in an old age care center and had males of all different uh, ages and groups. 
in the center. We had a few guys that were mentally disturbed and used to create major problems. And uh, they should actually be assistant, not kept with these guys together. Uh, that's my belief. And the thing is, they disturb you from sleeping at night and so forth. And uh, all these people do is give them sleeping tablets and make them sleep 24-7 when they get into that state. So what's the best thing to do for to bring this organization under, under supervision or the best way to get these people to do the correct thing and do a proper assessment before they recruit people into the center? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you very much, Daniel. Bringing up a very um, important point there that in, in other centers of care like old age homes, some of the mm. health professionals might not be well equipped to manage uh, people with uh, mental illnesses. Cassie, what can you say in response to Daniel's question? You know, and it's, it's always so amazing to have people reach out and kind of share what is really happening on the ground. And that's only really how we know what is working and what's not working. And, you know, we, we also have to realize that there is specialized care that is needed. Um, and just from him sharing experience of, you know, because there isn't enough support or perhaps understanding and, and kind of just giving tablets to, to these patients to just sleep um, the whole day because that's easier to manage. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that makes it really sad because there's lots of people who are suffering who need specialized care and treatment. Um, and it doesn't just impact the individual, but it impacts everyone around them. And, and this is where information education is so important is, is to make individuals living with a mental health issue, feeling part of a community, feeling integrated. We never want to, you know, remove them from being around other people or, or to isolate them, but to actually provide proper uh, integrated care. And this is where it becomes so important in education, um, managing illness, because, you know, in later life, there's a lot of other complications and what we call comorbidities, so physical health issues as well as mental health issues. But you're often needing specialists to treat this. And, you know, one of the issues we have in South Africa is, you know, just access to, to enough treatment or medication, um, especially at a community level, so community clinics and hospitals. Um, and I think it's it's really important that we investigate what kind of support is available, um, what kind of improvements need to happen or what kind of specialized care um, so it'd be really interesting if, if Daniel could, you know, reach out further and, and we can also follow up and see how do we link more support. Because um, it's also distressing when you're seeing people suffering um, and, and you're feeling quite helpless and you, you don't know how to help. So, yes, I'd, I'd love to try to get more involved there and investigate further and look at how do we provide more support and help both to the facility as well as to, to, to those patients who really do need specialised care. Perhaps uh, let me reach out to Daniel there and say, Daniel, send a message to uh, the same WhatsApp uh, number and mm. uh, we'll forward that number to you, uh, Cassie, for further investigations. Let's go to more voice notes. Hi, Patricia. My name is Begim Kuna from Devon. Please ask the, the visitor there if she can help me. My wife, she was taking the medication for about 10 years, but now she stopped. She said she's better now, she's healed. There's no need for her to take the medication. 
I don't know what to do now. Thank you. All right, we're not aware of what medication uh, this is for, though. That's a, a bit of a challenge. I don't know if you can assist here, Cassie, if someone has stopped yeah. taking medication. How do you support them? I think, yeah, and I think, you know, it, it just shows you for, for a family member um, kind of watching by and how do you help and we don't always know. And I think just to commend for, for reaching out and saying, hey, something's wrong. How do I help them? What do I do? Um, it is difficult because we don't know what kind of medication or, or, or what illness, but it's like anyone who's on chronic medication or chronic illness. Um, you know, when you stop your medication, especially if you've been on it for a long period of time, there's often withdrawals or, or symptoms that you might have. And if you're not taking the treatment under the, or, or if you stop taking the treatment that's not under supervision of a doctor, where you've just made the decision, you can have some side effects and it can have a huge impact on your health and your well-being, um, not just for, for mental health. And and I think this is where we worry about things like relapse and, you know, no patient should be like, well, I've been on this treatment for 10 years, I've been doing fine, I don't need it anymore, I'm going to stop now. Um, and that's often when we see patients relapsing, um, symptoms coming back again, that they are needing some, you know, more clinical intervention. And every time you stop taking medication, you're then having to relook at taking different meds because our bodies build up resilient, you know, resistance. Um, so in this case, it's never a good idea to just stop medication without consulting with your doctor, especially if you're on a chronic medication for over 10 years. You know, it's there for a reason. Your your body is used to it. It's needing it. So the minute that you stop so suddenly, it's it's normal that there would be a reaction, and it's really hard. Um, one of the things we also know with regards to some, you know, acute mental health issues, perhaps, you know, bipolar or schizophrenia, is that they're needing long-term treatment on medication. So if just like a chronic disease like a, a hypertension or a diabetes, if you stop taking your medication, those symptoms will come, or that illness will come. Um, and this is probably where, you know, as a husband, you're really worried. Um, how do I help them? How do I convince them to get help? And in that case, um, I would advise them to reach out to their healthcare professional, to their doctor, and say, this is what's happened. You know, how do we help? Whether it be something that the doctor can intervene or, or have a discussion with the patient herself, um, and really just try to find out the reason for stopping and, and looking at potentially getting back on. Again, you don't have to by yourself as a loved one or, or a partner have to try to fix or sort this out. Is that you're needing a medical help, uh, you know, from, from a doctor um, or a psychiatrist. So I would definitely suggest that they reach out there. And it's, it's trying to have also an open discussion to really understand why they stopped, what's been going on, and if you are worried, start to track, has there been any symptoms that have come forward, um, monitor their behavior, um, is it escalating, is it getting worse, do you need to intervene? Um, so there is definitely support that you can do as that next step. And again, I would just reach out to your, your wife's doctor and speak to them about next steps that you can also take so that the next appointment they can also bring it up. And if you're really not sure what to do, um, we have various support groups and counsellors that can also assist you step by step to both provide you support as well as getting your, your wife support. So again, definitely please do reach out. And it's never advisable to just stop your medication without 
um, assistance or advice from a healthcare professional. You know, Cassie, you've just touched on a point that I was about to go to, and that is how do we um, as family members support our family uh, or friends who are suffering from mental um, illnesses, especially if we don't understand them ourselves? How do we support them uh, properly? And that's such an important question that we often um, don't take seriously enough. You know, a patient is diagnosed, they're put on treatment, they get told this is your diagnosis, here's your treatment if you're in therapy or medication, whatever it is. And the family are are kind of also really affected. You know, mental health doesn't just affect the individual, it affects the entire household, it affects relationships and work. So it's so important that everyone is, is informed, that is on board, and for family members, the first and foremost is is learn about that mental health issue. Read up, find out what the signs and symptoms are, what are the triggers, um, what to look out for. You know, learning as much as you can can really just help. And it can also help your loved one because often you can observe some of the signs and symptoms before the actual patient living with a mental health issue first. Um, you're also just knowing what it's all about, what the different triggers are, and it just helps you to understand the same way we would do if, if our loved one was diagnosed with diabetes or if they got cancer. We want to learn everything we can about it because the more we understand, the more we know how to help and support. So for a family member as well, is that you can definitely be part of, of the treatment plan, asking the doctor, finding out information, understanding how the medication works, um, you know, what self-help tips will help, help the family member cope better. And, and you can be part of that support system. Um, so, so we definitely encourage families to, to get involved and to be part of that, to learn. There's a lot of self-help tips that we can do to look after our mental health and, you know, better sleep, some exercise, eating, um, good behavior, you know, kind of tips and tools that you can do. So that's really important for, for loved ones. And I think the biggest thing is to offer support. Often living with a mental health issue can be very lonely and isolating and scary. Um, you know, it's, it's quite daunting to have to deal with something or, or someone diagnoses you with depression or anxiety. These are heavy things that mm-hmm. can be scary. So being there for the person and saying, hey, I'm here. Let's figure this out together. You know, do you want me to come with you to appointments? And asking, you know, checking in, how are you doing? And, and really listening. And sometimes that is a family member or a, or a friend or you know, it can offer so much support to make a huge difference to someone who's, who's feeling overwhelmed, perhaps, by, by their mental health issues. So um, learn as much as you can, really be there and, and understand and check in. Um, you know, even at SADAG, we have various support groups for even just family members to go and feel like they can connect with other people, other families, other loved ones, to learn how do they cope, how do they offer better support, so we're really trying to strengthen the whole kind of family unit, um, helping friends, helping parents, helping partners. The more we know uh, about the illness and how to support our loved one, the, the stronger the system is. Um, and families need support too. Mm. You know, this is sometimes a difficult thing to, to handle and to deal by yourself. It's nice to know that other people are going through it and to learn what people have been through. 
Um, so the bird can also get support, you know, during their their, their, their journey. Now on uh, WhatsApp, I've got Malo Mtokwa, who says mental health is not prioritized. People who suffer from mental health hide it from their employers, family members and friends. Someone with mental health is not easily accepted. And then when I go to an SMS, this is from Sagila. Sagila says, I called Lifeline not too long ago. Spoke to a rude lady there. She said, speak up, Abuti. She shouted. It was a scratchy line. I was suicidal that day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's someone reaching out to try and get help, but mm-hmm. they, 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 they don't get the help. Are there other alternative places when a person is feeling tired and run down and they feel that they've reached the end that they can go and reach out to? Mm-hmm. And that's also so important, you know, when when someone has made that decision and you know, to also put ourselves in, in their shoes, you know, when they're feeling so overwhelmed and desperate and and, and they're turning to someone and picking up the phone and, and, and speaking to a stranger to say, hey, I need help. Um, and, and we really have to respect that and take that really seriously and, and show up for that person to be there um, to help them. And it, it is really unfortunate to hear about that experience. And sometimes one bad experience could, could turn you off from, reaching out for more help or trying a different option. And and I really just want to encourage that person who, you know, perhaps didn't have the right experience or didn't get the support that they needed in that time. I'm really glad that they're still around, that we could, you know, give it a second try and, and, and to try and get that help for them um, so that they can reach out. And I, I really do encourage them to SMS SADAG. Um, you can just SMS 31393. 24 hours a day and a counsellor will call you back and, and, and to help you. And there, there are various resources to assist someone who is experiencing any depression, anxiety. I mean, even especially during COVID, where we've dealt with so many different issues and different problems, people losing jobs, um, people really stressed, impact on families, financial. You know, there's so many different struggles it is really important to to reach out and to get help and to speak to someone. You know, the power of a connected conversation or, or counseling can really just help us to share our problems and stresses, come up with some coping tools and even just problem solving. But you can turn already, um, whether it's calling helplines, whether it's going to, um, if your local clinic has a social worker or counselor even the police station, they often have trauma counselors available. Um, you can also look at the different hospitals. They, they have psychologists and social workers available as well that can offer support. And there's various NGOs that have counselors available. And again, you could also reach out to your local church. A lot of the pastors or ministers have basic counseling skills and they can also offer support. So it's just about knowing where to go and who to speak to. Know that you're not alone in this. Um, you know, SADAG, one of the things we have is this really extensive referral guide where we list resources and NGOs and counseling centers across the country. So you can reach out to SADAG and we can look at what is the closest resources to you in the area. And if anything, we can also just speak to you on the phone. So in that moment when you're feeling, you know, helpless and hopeless, mm. you can speak to someone on the other line who really genuinely cares and, and wants to help you. 
Um, so I would definitely say, please don't don't give up. Um, you know, try again, and, and we really want to help. And you know, from your earlier message that you also read about the the stigma and the fear of discrimination, especially in the workplace, yeah. we know that. You know, people are, are too afraid to mention that they have anxiety or depression in the workplace in case they're discriminated against, in case they get treated differently or, or humiliated. And I think it's that, you know, one of the areas we really have to look at breaking down the stigma of mental health. One in four South Africans um, or, or one in four South African employees have depression. Um, so it affects a lot of workplaces. And if we don't tackle depression and anxiety in the workplace and provide support and provide a therapy and support within the workplace for employees, it does affect companies' bottom line. So it's also important for companies to invest in mental health of their employees. Um, and that's just another area where we, we do need better investment. We need to prioritize mental health because it affects so many different aspects within South Africa. So, yes, I, I fully agree with the earlier message. We need to better prioritize mental health in all spaces, including the workplace. Now, uh, as we round off, uh, let me look at the poll. Uh, we asked, do you think that mental health is prioritized in South Africa? 15.6% said yes and 62.2% said no, while 22.2% said we need more awareness. And that's why we had Cassie on the line. Cassie, before we let you go, please do give us uh, your contact details once again for the South African Depression and Mental Health Group. Yes, and, and you know, please do reach out. We have loads of information as well on our website, tips and tools and how to support loved ones and videos and all kinds of resources Mm. as well as a list of all of our numbers, please go to www.sadag.org and you can get a lot of information. If you're needing help or you need to speak to a counsellor, perhaps for yourself or a loved one or a friend, please SMS us on 31393. You can also call us on our toll-free helpline. We offer free telephone counseling. We're open 24 hours a day. And you can call us on 0800 12 13 14 or 0800 456 789. If you remember that there is always help and there is always hope. Thank you so very much, Cassie. On that note, let us move on to Zolega Kodashe on the newsroom.